Good morning, Burrow. That's right. It's 9 a.m. and time for the morning after sports show. I am your host, Tubby, and uh, I'll be joined here shortly by Miss Maddie G. But we have an excellent show for you today. Uh, a couple of new guests are going to be joining us today on a wonderful, dark and dreary, kind of rainy Tuesday here at the Burrow. Finally, some cool fall winter so it actually feels like fall for once instead of like august i don't know it was hot as heck for me i'm a i'm a big fella i'm not a big fan of the heat though uh but coming up in the 10 o'clock hour we'll be joined uh by captain williams and i believe captain Voorhees. captain williams is of the newcastle army recruit command um they'll be on talking about an event uh that they are co-hosting next week here on campus and uh, also, we'll talk to uh, Captain Voorhees about uh, the ROTC and their cannon that is featured predominantly at all home Edinburgh football games. So we'll learn, hopefully, a little bit of history about the cannon, um, where the tradition started from, and uh, why it continues still today. And then at 10.30, we'll be joined by Tom Reisenweber of Erie Times News and uh, his on his website, I'm sorry, highschoolsports.goerie.com. Talk about all the local football action. Also, um, some crazy action going on um, in the rest of the NCAA Division II. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And also maybe maybe a little bit of NFL talk with old Tom because uh, there's some crazy stuff that went down this weekend. Also, we have our Pigskin Pick'em Review. So we'll talk about our NFL Pick'em. We'll talk a little bit about that. We'll let you know how everybody fared in the Pick'em League. I didn't do too bad, but uh, I'm still not doing good enough. Let's just put it that way. So that'll be interesting. We'll talk about all of that stuff right here on the morning after. Also, we have soccer action to get into as they were in action over the weekend. And women's volleyball with their home opener. They opened it up against East Stroudsburg. That was the first game Friday night right here um, with Miss Maddie G was on the call. And then they played again Saturday against uh, Kutztown. So we'll, we'll have all of that for you right here on the morning after. Don't go anywhere. We're going to take a short break. And coming right back after this, we'll get right back into all the Edinburgh action. This is The Morning After on 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. Alrighty, and we're back right here on The Morning After Sports Show. Right here on 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. 909 right here in the studio on this cool, rainy Tuesday morning for you. Speaking of... uh, you know, there's just no segue. I kind of messed that up. I'm sorry. All right. So let's talk. Let's dive right into the action here. And women's soccer. Women's traveled over to Kutztown University this Saturday. They ended up dropping this one by a score of 0-2. to two. The ladies tried to rally in the second half, but all for naught. Uh, Kutztown just outpaced them through the entire match. Uh Honorable mentions uh, in this game, Danielle Chatton 
Four shots, three shots on goal. Ashley Bayer, two shots, one shot on goal. Rebecca Manns, two shots, one shot on goal. And Brittany Spithaler, two shots and two shots on goal. The ladies will look to get back to their winning ways this uh, Wednesday. As a matter of fact, 926. They will be up at Mercyhurst University. Kickoff for that one is at 130. That is just a quick jaunt up the road. So if you get a chance, please come on out and support the ladies up there in Mercyhurst. It's a mere 20 minutes up the road. Like, literally, up the road. It's just right there. Uh, in that series, uh, Edinburgh is heavily favored. As Edinburgh is 7-0-2 in their last nine games against the Lakers. Lakers have a new head coach in that one, John uh, Arlip, a native of Erie and graduate of McDowell High School. Um. Get back into some of the game notes here against Kutztown. Um, Kutztown was led by Erica. I want to say Erica Monte Carlo. And uh, she passed it off to Emily Zwierkan uh, to get the first goal. And then they went up 2 0 as Rachel Rizzo headed in a cross from Zwierkan. And um, that's pretty much, I mean, it was just um, another great mention here. Anna Volker, the uh, freshman, I'm sorry, the goalkeeper, Anna Volker made 11 sales, 11 saves, not sales. Um, and Jenna Bracken collected eight shots. And that's pretty much yet um so yeah so good luck ladies uh this wednesday against mercyhurst another PSAC opponent um uptown rivals if you will so hopefully the women can get back right back to their winning ways on the volleyball side we'll probably get miss maddie g here in in a little bit um but we'll go over these scores for you real quick the Friday night matchup against East Strasburg went to five sets. It took the entire five sets to settle this one. East Strasburg won the first two by a score of 25-18, 25-23. Then in the third set, Edinburgh rallies back, winning that one 25-15. And then a little bit of overtime in the fourth set, Edinburgh wins that one 28-26. Then in the uh, tiebreaker, uh, East Stroudsburg came out and jumped out early and got a bunch of points, winning that one 15-6. In the fifth set, they only played a 15. I got a chance to watch this one live on the stream, and I, I caught the end of the fourth set and then picked up the entire fifth set. And, uh, yeah, like East Stroudsburg just jumped out really quick and scored almost, like, Eight, I want to say eight to nine points at will. Like it was almost like serve, volley back, and then Stroudsburg would score. And then finally, uh, Edinburgh would break that, get the point, and get the serve back. And then they went on a small run of their own, but they were unable to um, eclipse East Stroudsburg. 
if you will. So, East Stroudsburg coming away with that win on the home opener for PSAC play um, against Our Ladies. Some mentionables here in that game. Sierra Jackson with 17 kills and two blocks. Megan Skreptok with 11 kills, two blocks. Sally Sturkle with 11 kills and eight blocks. And Hannah Cantrell with eight kills and six blocks. There's the one, the only Miss Maddie G coming, running into the studio. Miss Maddie G has class at like 9 a.m. So it's, it's kind of at eight. So it's kind of a hustle for her to get here. A little bit. By nine. So we were talking about the East Stroudsburg game Friday night. An exciting matchup. You were on the call for that one. I was. It was super exciting, um, especially in like that third or fourth match. The fourth match where it went 28-26. It was very back and forth. Um, the whole game was very, very back and forth. Um, it just, it was a good game. Um, it went to a fifth set, which is always kind of an indicator that it might have been a good game. Right. I talked about the, the that fifth set where East Strasburg came out with the serve, and they scored like a bunch of points. I want to say they went on like an eight-point run to open it. it. Yeah, it was like a seven or eight-point run to open it, and then Edinburgh caught up a little bit, and then... It was East Strasburg to take it in the end. But Edinburgh came back on Saturday and swept Cutstown 3-0. Yeah, we were just going to transition into that one. What a great transition. What a great transition. <laughs> Way to hit the show right on time, <laughs> Miss Maddie. All right. So on Saturday, again, you were on the call. I was. Um, this game was going on simultaneously with football, which we'll come. We'll get to next. It was. Um. Edinburgh wins this one fairly easily in straight sets. 25-17 in the first, 25-17 in the second, and 25-16 in the third. Mentionables out of this one, Megan Skreptok with 10 kills, two aces, and two blocks. Sierra Jackson, nine kills and an ace. Sally Sturkle, seven kills, three blocks, and three aces. And Alicia Eldridge, six kills, two aces, and three blocks. What did you see on the call on that one? Um, Absolutely a lot of aces to come out of that game. It, I didn't realize it until I was looking at the stats after, but, like, I guess there were that many aces that came from our side. Um, But it was, again, a good matchup. I mean, neither team came in, like, sluggish or anything. Like, Edinburgh, you could tell, wanted that win. But Cutstown came, and they are like, listen, we want this win, too. I think both of them were trying to get their first conference win at that point. So um, they were both kind of like one of them was getting a conference win. So it was just determining who was going to get it. Right. It's a rare thing for this women's volleyball team to, to drop back-to-back games, let alone drop back-to-back games at home. Um, these ladies are very, very tough at home. And, again, they play at Macomb Fieldhouse. Admission is free. With your student ID, folks. So the next time they're home is like October fifth, though. Yeah, they go on the road. They're um, on the road for their next four games or something like that. In fact, you know what? I'm pulling up their schedule now, <laughs> so we'll let the people know, Miss Maddie. Let's see. Yes, they will be at Cal on Friday. That's Friday of homecoming, and then Saturday they will be. At Seton Hill, um, so two games there local around the Pittsburgh area. So the ladies will be away for homecoming. And then they'll be at that school down south October 2nd, that Tuesday. 
and then they finally bring it on home and will face Clarion University Friday, October 5th. Absolutely. So, good luck, ladies, on your road trip. Beat Cal, beat Seton Hill, and of course, as always, beat that school down south. Because I'm, I, mm, yeah. We won't get into that. During the uh, match on Saturday, though, I was updating between soccer scores and football scores, just trying to keep everybody updated. Soccer ended before volleyball was over, and volleyball ended before football was over, so it kind of looked like a little... A little stagger step, yep. Uh, That football game, which which you could have listened to right here on 88.9 WFSE, as Maddie was covering volleyball on our TV station, ETV, um, the football game, they were down at Cal. We haven't beaten Cal in, I don't know, forever since, I think, 2004. So it's been a, a while. It's been like 14 years. It's been a teenager. <laughs> That's scary. That's <laughs> anyway, since we've beaten Cal, and this was our best chance to do it, and you want to talk about a back-and-forth game, Um this was just a defensive – I mean, the score doesn't really reflect it. The score ended up uh, Cal with 40, Edinburgh 35. So kind of a, a mid to high scoring game. But it was really a defensive battle, Miss Maddie. I mean, back and forth. I was listening to it and like during the volleyball game. I pulled up the stats for the first time to read them off. And Cal was up 7 nothing, And it was like very, very early in the game still. And my mindset was like, okay, so this this is going to be a game. This is going to be a good game here. And then Edinburgh brought it up, and then it was back and forth and back and forth as I kept reading them off. And then when I got off the call, I immediately tuned into WFSC listening to the last half of the game. Um, I just, it was it was intense. It was really, I mean, this was the best shot at Edinburgh, actually. In the PSAC West, there's a little bit of a division. Okay, at the top of the division, you have IUP, Indiana University of Pennsylvania, and Cal PA, which is California University of PA. Those two schools have traditionally been atop of the PSAC West. Um, For the four years that I have covered the PSAC West here at Edinburgh, it's always been IUP and Cal, IUP and Cal, IUP and Cal. Those two always go to the um, Region 2 divisional playoffs for Division 2 football. Um. Just two dominant forces. Um, those two programs are really well funded. They they recruit really well. Um, they they pull a lot of talent out of the uh, WPIL, um, which is the Western Pennsylvania, basically the Pittsburgh area, right? A lot of schools out of that. And they also pick up a lot of transfers, a lot of guys that don't quite cut it at D1 schools, like, say, West Virginia or Pitt, will transfer to one of those two schools. So they got a lot of talent. They got a lot of things going for them. So they're like the halves. And then you have like the next tier, which is where Edinburgh usually sits at the top of. And that next tier includes Edinburgh, excuse me, Gannon, that school down south, Slippery Rock, and Clarion. And then then you have like scraping, scraping the bottom of the barrel. And that's where Seton Hill and Mercyhurst and them live. So it's it, it, it's like a, a physical divide. Like you just can't 
get over it. And this was the closest that we've come to beating Cal. And I don't want to say I believe in moral victories, but to me, for Edinburgh to close this gap, I mean, they were never really truly out of this game until the very end of the game. Like, I always felt that Edinburgh had the chance to come back, and they were never really, like, like the game never really got away from them until the very end. At one point they had, it was a three-play stretch, Maddie, where Cal turned the ball over on an interception. Then the very next play, first play from scrimmage, Edinburgh turned the ball over. And then on the third play, Cal turned the ball over again. So it was like it was like a bakery out there, and Coach Neely and his defense were serving turnovers because they was getting them. Right, robbing the bakery, getting turnovers. That was that was a good one. I'll admit that. I, that was kind of <laughs> cool. That was a good analogy. That was a good one. All right, so I, you know, again, uh, let me see if I can bring up the box score here. And we can go through some stats on this one. <coughs> All right. So, first down, Cal had first downs. Cal had twenty-four. Edinburgh fourteen. Um, Edinburgh rushed for four, passed for five, and had five on penalties. Um, Cal was really undisciplined in this one and got hit by a lot of um, penalties as well. Um, Rushing, only 115 yards on 35 attempts. Average rush was 313 for Edinburgh. Um, four rushing TDs. Um, yards gained, total 141, but they had a loss of 26. Um, Cal was kept to only 161 yards rushing. They did most of their damage through the air. Um, Edinburgh only had 143 yards through the air, 297 yards through the air for Cal, 22 of 40 and four interceptions. Uh, Tomko went 10 of 30 with two interceptions. Average completion for Edinburgh was 4.8 yards. Oh, I'm sorry. Completions was 14.3 yards. Ed, or Cal's was 13.5. Uh, one throwing touchdown and two throwing touchdowns for Cal. Time of possession, Cal won that one, 30, 35 minutes and 19 seconds. Although Edinburgh wasn't too far behind with 24 minutes and 41 seconds. Um, third down conversions, Edinburgh was 4 of 16. They got to get a little bit better on that. Fourth down conversions, though, they were 2 of 4. 50%. That's not too bad, but it needs to get better. Red zone scores chances. They scored on 4 out of 5 chances. That needs to be 5 out of 5. Point blank. That's simply just all that needs to happen. Uh, we'll look at the individual here real quick and give you the rundown. Tomko, again, 10, and 10 completions of 30 attempts for 143 yards with one TD, two interceptions, a throwing uh, a long completion of 43 yards. Walter Fletcher had 17 carries, uh, 74 yards, um, lost eight yards. Uh, average of 3.9 yards per carry. Uh, Tomko had 14 carries for 47 yards. Kyle Gaelic had two carries for 20 yards. He was able to break another one uh, this week. Tanaz Gregory, three receptions for 90 yards. James Clark, five 
receptions for 26 yards. A.J. Turner, one for 15, and Walter Fletcher caught one for 12 yards. On the defensive side of the ball, Zerl Hendrick, again, Mr. Sticky Fingers, the mayor of Pick Sixville, had two interceptions for 54 yards. Uh, Trey Hall also had another interception, uh, this one for 14 yards. Branson Smith had one for 17 yards. Um, sacks on the day, I don't really think there was that many sacks. In fact, I don't think there was a sack. Um, defense unable to get home in this game. Again, you know, Cal's offensive line is, they're a bunch of big dudes. A bunch of big dudes. And I think this week our offensive line kind of struggled against their defensive line. They didn't really set the tone. I didn't really think that Tomko was all that comfortable at all through this game. I really don't. I mean, I don't know. Did you hear anything different from when you were listening in? Um, I mean, I didn't hear a lot of the game itself. So I think, like, by the time I got to tune in, it was more towards the end anyway. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't think I can make an accurate kind right. of. But the good news is, folks, it's homecoming week here at Edinburgh. And we have Gannon coming on down out of Erie to face us here on homecoming. That will be a 2 p.m. kickoff right here at Sox Harrison Stadium. If for some odd reason, and I don't know why, but for some odd reason, if you cannot make it out to the game, number one, you want to listen to the call right here on 88.9 WFSE. It will be streaming live through edinburghnow.com, or if you're out in the go because you have to like go get groceries or stock up for whatever NFL game you're going to watch on Sunday, then you can catch us on the mobile apps on Nobex radio app and the TuneIn radio app. Both apps are free and available for download. Just simply type in WFSE in the search bar and you'll find us. We're there. 24 hours a day. Also happening at Sox Harrison on Saturday. Bright and early in the morning at 9.30. 9.30. There's going to be a soccer game. Mm-hmm. The ladies are returning home. I believe they're playing against Westchester. If we want to fact check that. <laughs> if we want to fact check. We don't fact check. Yes, we do. Okay. All right, Maddie fact check. No, we fact check. <laughs> okay. Because we don't want to put out no fake news. Yes, Westchester. Westchester University. So that game is at 9.30. Bright and early, go, get out there, support those ladies. Just sit there all day. Because then football will come out on the field and you're, you'll already be there. I have some good seats already. Right. There's all kinds of stuff going on. You got kegs and eggs in the morning. You got the Kilted Mile, which is bright and early. I believe that's an 8. Is that an 8 a.m. start for that? I believe it's a 10 a.m. start. 10 a.m. start? Yes. Okay. So the Kilted Mile will go through and then directly following the Kilted Mile at 11 will be the parade. Um, the parade, if you can't make it out for the parade, you can watch that through ETV. Also, then, at 12.30, Edinburgh Wrestling. Get this, Miss Maddie. Like, we don't have enough going on. I did hear about this. Edinburgh Wrestling will have an outdoor practice. That's right. They're dragging the mats out of Macomb. They're going to set them up over by the tennis courts. So, right there by that main tailgate area there behind Sox Harrison Stadium, you'll see some wrestling mats. And this will be your first chance to get a look at the new look, foot, at the new look wrestling team. 
with Coach Hill, head coach, Coach Matt Hill. We'll be bringing his squad out along with assistant coach uh, Mike De Palma. So you want to uh, get out and see the fellas support wrestling. Wrestling outside is just freaking cool. I'm sorry. As a big wrestling guy, this has me jazzed. Like, I'm, I'm almost upset that I'm not going to be there. <sighs> Darn it. I mean, if I didn't make these plans like almost a year ago, Miss Maddie, I would, I'd be all over this. I know. Like, I'd even have to get like a hotel room or something because Tubby going to be here all day. Tubby going to need a nap. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. So, again, Kilted Mile, Parade, uh, wrestling at 1230, soccer at 9 a.m. or 9.30 a.m. at Sox Harrison. Then the game itself, the actual show, kicks off at 2 p.m. Chris and Luke, again, will be on the call right here on 88.9 WFSE. Um, the video coverage of this game will be by Sports Fever, so you can catch that on the ES. ESPN3 app. It'll be through the app, so it'll be streaming there for you if you cannot make it out. Um, again, like I do every week when it's not our TV coverage, I highly suggest that you just simply mute the volume and then stream our radio station and you can hear us on the call. Chris and Luke, who do an excellent job on the call each and every week, being the voice of your Fighting Scots football. So plenty of action. Plenty of stuff to get over. Whew. And it's 9.30, Miss Maddie. 9.30. 9.30. So if you got a 10 a.m. class, you may want to consider getting a move on, get your snacks, and get on moving out the door. But you may want to wear your galoshes. It's Ma raining. Maybe grab an umbrella and a raincoat. Do I people wear galoshes anymore? I Is that a thing? I think so, but I did not wear mine today. I wore some not very good footwear for rain today. All right, make sure, go home, change your socks, get your dry feet. Yeah, I need some new socks. Yeah, because <laughs> that's one thing that will kill, uh, kill a student's attitude is uh, wet feet. Learn that in the Army. Speaking of the Army, we're going to have the uh, Captain Williams from the Newcastle Recruiting Station for the Army and Army Reserve will be joining us along with Captain Voorhees from our own Edinburgh ROTC. They'll be in here in the 10 a.m. hour, so a little over a half hour. They will be joining us. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about the ROTC program, the big event that they have coming up next week. That will be on the 3rd and 4th of October right here um, on campus. I believe it will be down front of Hendricks Hall. I think is where it's going to be located. But we'll find out all that information when they get here at 10 a.m. But, Miss Maddie, while I have you here. While you have me here. While you're here. I know what we're talking about. Are you aware that you are still in the lead, quite handily, mind you, of the pigskin pick'em? You are a mere three points in the lead above my ever-loving wife. I don't even know how. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. I don't. I just, you know, I just pick them the way my heart feels. Meanwhile, all weekend long, all I get to hear about is that booger face is still ahead of me. <laughs> she can take my, like, take it, take it. No, it's just, it's just I funny. I don't mind. <laughs> it's just funny. So follow closely then uh, behind my wife, trailing by one point, is formerly just the sports guy, alumna Drew Patrick with 24 points. Then it's me and Mr. Athletics, Trey Staunch, are tied for fourth with 23 points. 
And then our listener, Irish, with 22 points. And then bringing up the rear, our very own Chris Rosado with 16 <laughs> points. He actually didn't do that bad. He got seven correct. No, I think it was that first week that got him, though. Yeah, if he would have been able to submit all of his picks, he would have been fine. Uh, I think there were a lot of games that we all picked the correct answer, or we all picked the we wrong all picked answer. wrong. Uh, yeah, uh, such as the Bills game, the Bills and Vikings game. I think we all picked the Vikings. That was a shocker. Uh, I took a I took like a partial nap through it, um, and I woke up. I remember waking up, and I was like, "Wait, wait, what does the score say?" Okay, so let's let's we'll just run right through it here real quick. So Thursday night, my brownies got off the schneid finally after 600 and some odd days beating the Jets 21-17, and everybody had a great time because the beer fridge is opened. Right. Okay. So we celebrated. We went over that game at nauseum. Got it. Good. Okay. Then it was the Saints and the Falcons. Saints pulling up this one in overtime, mind you, 43-17 on a dive. I picked Atlanta in that one, and... Drew Brees was just Drew Brees and all over the place. He threw for a couple. He ran a couple in himself. So, massive fantasy points if Drew Brees was your quarterback. Unlike Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills, who Buffalo went in there and just literally smacked Minnesota around. Beat them like a rented mule, Miss Maddie. 27-6. to in Minnesota's house in that brand new beautiful stadium. Oh my word. I, I don't know what to say. I remember we were watching it. And I didn't pick the Bills because I think I was convinced otherwise. Um I don't know if it was like record wise or from previous weeks, but like I didn't pick the Bills. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, I think I think that's the one last week where I said I want to pick the Bills, but I know if I change my answer now. Yep. I think that's the one. See, I think <coughs> what happened was Minnesota got caught looking to the fall to the next week, and they were like, "Oh, Bills, so trash." So, congratulations to you, Buffalo, and I know all of the Bills mafia was celebrating in earnest over that one as they finally looked like they got a good. I mean, Josh Allen had a really good game. In that one, so it looks like maybe Buffalo's not as bad as everybody thunk they were. But yeah, everybody in our Pick'em League went with Minnesota. They were the 98% favorite. And why wouldn't you? So kudos to Buffalo for pulling that one off. And then the Panthers upset the Bengals 31-21 in that one. And then Denver falling to the Baltimore Ravens 27-14. Uh, and then in a shocker, this one, everybody went with Green Bay. Everybody picked Green Bay. But apparently, not only was Green Bay playing the Redskins, they were also playing the refs. As that stupid roughing the passer call came out again. Again! Against Clay Matthews. And, and like, it's getting to the point now where they're trying to treat, like, um, Clay Matthews as a habitual offender type of deal kind of like they do in the NBA where like okay I know this guy's dirty and cheap like Draymond Green how he always likes to to kick people in the jumblies you know what I mean they're treating Clay Matthews like that 
Clay Matthews is the least dirtiest player on the face of the planet. And he even said, look, I could have put more on him if I wanted to, but I pulled up. I realized I had to tackle, and I started to let go. And they're still flagging him. I don't know what they're going to – and it wasn't the point that, okay, they, they flagged Clay Matthews again. The point of it was that they uh, – okay, I'm losing it here for a minute. The point of it was is what they, it was inconsistent because then the Redskins had a couple of sacks like that on Aaron Rodgers, and there was no flag. I mean, I don't care if a rule is a rule is a rule, but make it the same rule for everybody. Show me some consistency. I mean, I'm willing to accept that I get flagged if I did something wrong, but if I do something and then the guy across the line wearing the other color jersey does the exact same thing and gets away with it, mm-mm, that's an unfair advantage. You know, Tubby, I, uh, half my family, they're the Steelers side of the family, and the other half are the Redskins. And I picked Green Bay, so not only did I lose the point, but... My family's not very happy. I just unreal. Just not. Just. <sighs> anyway, all right, let's move on because I'm I'm just upset. Let's just move on. I'm just upset. That's all there is to it. I'm upset. All right, so next up, Tennessee and your Jaguars. In a defensive battle, I went with your Jaguars, Miss Maddie, yeah, and so they, did I. <laughs> they let me down. Yeah. As they lost to the Tennessee Titans 9-6. What happened? I I have no idea. <laughs> like, they were on fire. They looked like world beaters the week before. And now, all of a sudden, they were, like, struggling. Struggle. They rode the, like, the entire team fit into the struggle bus. I just, I don't know. Right. But I did gain a Jacksonville sweater this weekend. Nice. So I'll have to start wearing it. We'll have to have NFL Thursday jersey wear day. I don't have a jersey, but I do have a sweatshirt. All right. We can do it. We can do color rush Thursdays. We can do that. Support your team Thursday. Uh, and then on uh, Indianapolis versus the defending world champs, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Eagles pulling this one out 20-16. to 16. And then San Francisco versus the Kansas City Chiefs and the new darling of the league, Mr. Mahomes. Mahomes. Pat Mahomes. Uh, running up the score in that one, winning that one 38-27. to 27. He did look really good in this one. But on top of him looking good, even when he doesn't look great and he throws like a weak ball, his guys rally around him and make plays for him. That's the key. That's the key right there. Then it's the Oakland Raiders against the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins win this one 28-20. And call me shocked, Miss Maddie, the Dolphins, the lowly, lowly Dolphins, are 3-0, undefeated through three weeks. Tubby, I believe it was the Dolphins. Somewhere on Twitter, I was scrolling through, and I saw the word trickeration. It's a phenomenon. Which is a word Tubby used on air. Uh-huh. And then Chris used on air. Uh-huh. And now it's a thing. It's Trickeration Nation. I just... 
It's a sensation sweeping the nation. Get on board. Whoop, whoop. The trickeration train is rolling on through. Well, that's because everybody's doing it now. Because everybody's running their own version of that Philly special. Right? And calling it, like, whatever. So, I'm just saying. Trickeration is a thing, Miss Maddie. Okay. Just have to adjust and move on. Okay. <laughs> just accept it. What's next? Just let it happen. All right. Then it's the New York football Giants against the Houston Texans. Giants finally get off the schneid and get a win here, 27-22 to over the Texans. This one I told you was a, was a toss-up anyway because it's a battle of the defeated. Both teams go into this game 0-2. And for Pat Shermer and his New York Giants, they were just they just ended up being better that day, winning twenty seven to twenty two. I, I did catch some of that game in between my naps. I slept a lot this weekend, which is like unusual for me. So the fact that I'm using the word nap, that is mm-hmm. kind of not in my vocabulary vocabulary. But I caught that one in between my naps. And um I say plural. And <laughs> um I don't know how much I caught of it, but I do remember seeing the Giants on TV. All right. <laughs> then uh, the LA, LA Chargers versus the LA Rams in a battle for LA. <coughs> Excuse me. The Chargers are 1-1. One one. The Rams are 2-0 and oh and move on to being 3-0 and oh as they roll over the Chargers 35-23. to 23. Chicago Bears in a shootout with the Arizona Cardinals. 16 to 14 Bears winning this one. Bears improved their record to 2 and 1. The Cards fall to 0 and 3. Dallas Cowboys 1 and 1 versus the 0 and 2 Seattle Seahawks up in Seattle. And in this one I did watch this one. Cowboys just could Dak Prescott looked like dirt. He looked like garbage. Just could not get anything going. Um, Zeke the Freak Elliott just could not get moving at all anywhere. Um, Russell Wilson looked good um, in this game, being mobile and hostile, getting scoring some points. So Seattle wins this one. Uh, they're now 1-2 and two as the Cowboys fall to 1-2. and two. Then it's the New England Patriots going into Detroit, and almost everybody and their cousin had picked New England to win this one. But hold up. Wait a minute. Let me put some groove back in it. All right. I picked Detroit. Did you? I, I don't did. I remember who I picked. I probably got it wrong. You did. Oh, I got it wrong. Tubby knows. He's like, yep, you, you got it wrong. You got it wrong. Because, you got it wrong. Because this wrong. is my UMBC pick. <laughs> All right. This is, my, this is my, I'm hanging my hat on this pick because I knew that the Patriots were over going to overlook the Detroit Lions because the Detroit Lions with new head coach, Matt T- Patricia, former student of Belichick. And for some reason, like on the first meeting, Belichick doesn't do so well against his trainees, if you will. Um, it's where Eric Mangini, who used to coach the, the Browns, former student of Belichick, picked up his first win, was on their first meeting. So I kind of hmm kind of look back in my history books. One of the benefits of being old, Miss Maddie, I remember stuff. 
And uh, I, was, I was like, okay, I know this is going to be a big game for him. Uh, Coach Patricia is going to be like all hopped up and ready to go, and he's going to get his, his fellas to go, which was a good win for Detroit because there was rumors that Coach Patricia was losing the locker room and that the players were beginning to quit on him, and they didn't want to play for him. Certainly not the case. As the Lions beat New England 26-10, to New England falls to 1-2. and and Detroit bumps their record to one and two. Is it panic time in New England, do you think? I mean, two horrible losses against, you're talking against the Jags and now against the uh, the Lions. I don't, Tubby, I, I, I'll, I'll weigh in on that after we talk about this next game because it's the last game. Um, but I'll, I'll, weigh on, I'll weigh in on that. All right, so second. finally the Pittsburgh Steelers get a win of their own. They do. Finally the win. This week, the Bills, the Browns, and the Steelers all got them. Hit the trifecta. They all got them. Awesome. Well, I guess it's okay. I don't know. I would have been happy if the Steelers would have lost. I, I'm, I'm never happy when the Yinzers win, but hey. Whatever. They finally get their win. They beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 30-27. to But at one point, they were up 30-10. to on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Fitzpatrick led them back to within a field goal. Hmm. I, I was getting updates. I was getting texted updates from people. Concerned parties? Yes. Okay. Uh, that were concerned that I picked the Steelers <laughs> and didn't didn't believe in their own team, but um, were mad at me because I picked the Steelers, but it's fine. Guess, guess who got the pick em pick you did. I did. Yeah, I did not because I went with Tampa Bay. <laughs> because I thought there was a lot wrong with Pittsburgh. And there still is a lot wrong with Pittsburgh. That defense is suspect. It leaks like a sieve. So, if you're a Pittsburgh fan, I got to be wondering, what in the heck are we doing on defense? You're getting no pressure through the middle from your front four. None. Your linebackers are picking up all the slack. And your 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 secondary ain't covering. Ain't covering. Just saying. Okay, back to Maddie's notes of the season. Yes. At the beginning of the season, when we started pickums, mm-hmm. we were like, "Oh, it'll get easier as the weeks go on because mm-hmm. we'll know who's like really playing well and who's not." Right. The cream will rise to the top. It always we, does. We we don't know that yet, though. No. We're in like week four. Uh huh. And. There's no like clear evident like none team that's none consistently doing well the entire none. There's four only weeks. like what going forward now. There's only <sighs> the Rams are undefeated. Kansas City's undefeated. And I want to say that's it. That's, that's it. That's it. That's it. I mean, the Rams in Kansas City, like. Now, granted, they both have um, second year, second year? I want to say second year QBs. I know that Goff is young, and I know that Mahomes is very young. Mahomes sat a year and now started. Um, The Rams have Gurley, an excellent running back. Um, Kansas City has has just a bunch of receiving core and a really good tight end. Kelsey? Want to say his name? 
So, I, I don't know. A lot of guys, a lot of good guys. So, Kansas City ready to roll. I just think it's going to be a couple weeks before we know, like, clearly, like, we'll say, like, oh, this team over this team. It's not going to be like a which team would I rather pick kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, the odds will be the percentages, um, like, the predicting percentages will probably lean in favor of some teams. And that's not always right, but... Like, it's not always correct. Like, sometimes you get that UMBC team. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I I thought, personally, at this point, I would be able to be like, oh, this team, this team. Right, because it usually shakes out. Like, usually, you know, you have a lot more teams that are, like, two and one as opposed to teams that are, like, one and two. But it seems like that's almost the thing. Like, everybody's at, like, one and two pretty much throughout the thing. So there's a lot of despair, which I like. I like the disparity. I like the fact that on any any given Sunday, anybody can win. I like that. Um, I think there's a lot of – there's going to be a lot of uh, proof in the pudding come this week four because a lot of things are going to get proven. Um, Baker Mayfield is going to be the starter for the Cleveland Browns. They're going to L.A. to play a 4 o'clock game against the Raiders. Chucky Gruden and his Raiders are like oh and everything right now, so they're desperate for a win. So it'll be exciting to see, A, can the Raiders get a win? B, how is Baker Mayfield going to do when a coach has all week to plan for him also, with film? the Browns got their win. Right. They're probably hungry still. Yeah. They probably want another one. I'm just saying. There's, it should be a good game. Yeah. I, if somebody, I saw this meme on Twitter the other day. There's 13 games left in the season, right? You know how many that makes? A baker's dozen. Oh, no. Saying it's all coming up, Baker. <laughs> Get used to this one. Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Just saying. Okay. I don't know. I'm hi- I, I, The thing of it is, it, it's, it's hope. It's hope, not hype. Because Cleveland, for once, has a legitimate shot at, I don't want to say franchise quarterback, but good quarterback play. Like, instead of, like, a quarterback not losing you the game, we have a chance for a quarterback to win us the game. Couple that with the defense that has been playing absolute lights out. Miles Garrett coming off the line at defensive end, just harassing the crap out of every quarterback ever. And then Denzel Ward, the rookie in the secondary, taking a page out of Zerl Hendricks' book. I'm being old Mr. Sticky Fingers and just robbing people blind. I thought it was hilarious. The one intercept, the one takeaway he had, he literally reached in there to the receiver, grabbed the ball and said, give me that. And straight ran it back to like the six yard line or something. Just took it away. Just like reached in there and took it away. Like, how are you going to let another man do that to you? Just rip your baby out your arms like that and run away the other way with it. I'm telling you. Denzel Ward, that's a bad man. I ain't messing with him. Former Nerdonia Knight. Former Ohio State Buckeye. In conclusion, it should be a good season. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we're going to take you all the way through it right here on the morning after. It's now 9.54 in the morning. We're going to go ahead and take a mm, short break. 
as we try to wrangle our guests in here for a little bit. And then coming up after the break, um, at the 10 o'clock hour, we'll have, like I said, we'll have uh, the recruiting command in here along with ROTC. And also at 10.30, we'll be joined by Tom Reisenweber of Erie Times News. Don't go anywhere. This is The Morning After on 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. That's right. We're back right here on 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. This is The Morning After Sports Show, and I am your host, Tubby. But today I have two very special guests in the studio. I got Captain Voorhees from the Edinburgh ROTC and also Captain Williams from Army Recruit Command out of Newcastle. Gentlemen, how are you today? Doing phenomenal. Thanks for having us. We appreciate you uh, having us here and talking to everybody. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, sir. Thank you for having us. Have a good day. Oh, that's no problem. Hey, you don't have to call me, sir. I was enlisted. <laughs> there's, a, there's a long-lasting joke, and there's several other jokes I could have introduced there at the moment. However, due to FCC regulations, you'll just have to catch me off air. All right. Sounds fair. <laughs> <laughs> so, But anyway, it, it's great to have you guys um, here with us in studio. Captain Voheris, you guys, to tie this all in, and you're like, you know, a lot of people are going to ask me, Tubby, why are you having these guys on your – it's a sports show. It's not a news show. But the Edinburgh ROTC has been a big part of sporting events here at Edinburgh. You had, you've had several um, ROTC members that have participated on our sports teams. Correct, yes. Um, memorably, um, last year, uh, Man of the Year – oh, dear Lord, the guy's name is escaping me. Um, but anyway, play for the football team. Uh, All-State good hands player. Oh, the coach is going to light me up for forgetting his name. I will name. look him up right now. Um, but anyway, also on game day, the R.O. Stratton, is yes. Yeah. God bless it. <laughs> the coach is going to make me do push-ups for forgetting that one. Um, but anyway, he was a great guy. Still is a great guy. He didn't pass away. I don't know why I'm talking past times. But anyway, um, Edinburgh ROTC, big part of game day here at Edinburgh. Yeah. With the with the Edinburgh Cannon, every time they score, you guys fire that thing off. Yep. So we're over. Uh, we actually moved our position, so we're under the scoreboard this time. So you can see us a little better. But every time Edinburgh scores, those Fighting Scots, we pull that cannon and let everyone know what we're doing, and we just scored. Yeah, I wish somebody would have had like warned me, my first game. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So coming back, my my first game, I was see, we're talking 2014. And uh, so I'm now roughly six, I want to say six years or so, removed coming back from Iraq. And uh, I have a little bit of PTSD issues, and nobody told me about the cannon. Oh. Uh, if you don't know about it, that, that'll get you off guard. Yeah, sure. so, so there I am in the booth trying to call the game. Cannon goes off, and I'm hitting the deck. <laughs> I'm like, why are we getting attacked here? And then they're like, oh, that's just the ROTC. They do that every time we score. So now I now I try to announce it a little bit, like if I know I know it's coming. Yeah, so give everyone a heads up. <laughs> so how do you know like how that got started, or is, or is there rumors? Is there like a? So I, I'm not fully sure about the history of it, but I know that we're just uh, we're there to support the Scots, and you know let let that thunderous boom sound every time we score. So you know the more you hear it, you know the better the game's going and everything. So I'm not sure the history of how that started, but. We're just going to continue it and make sure that everyone hears us. Okay. I don't want to really start a rivalry here, but I will. Um, <laughs> our cannon is bigger than Clarion's cannon. I'm just saying. Well, there you go. 
Because it was funny because they brought it out and, and it's 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 like maybe I want to say because ours is like what like almost like four or five feet. Yeah, it's pretty big. Barrel length. I mean, it's, it's about it's, two people or so to move it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it's sizable. Like it looks like it'll hurt somebody. Oh, for sure. Wow. Okay. So then Clarion comes out with their cannon and it's like maybe two and a half, three feet, and it looks like a it looks like a child's toy yeah. on like a little wagon. I don't really want to poke fun out because I'm pretty sure Cat Williams is probably going to have to work with them at some point. And I don't want to. You, you know, honestly, I've never seen either cannon. So I, I think this. Yeah, I, I think this is uh, invoking me to come to the next game. It, it's, it's an event. It's, it's a, if you don't like bagpipes, this isn't the place for you. Oh, I love bagpipes. I'm saying. Uh, I, I think that needs to be my next uh, duty station is over in Scotland if I can get over there. It's beautiful over there. Oh, yeah. So I hear. Oh, my goodness. But anyway, I have, I have several friends over there and uh, several forgotten memories. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, a, yeah. like, a, like a time I won't forget, but a night that I will. Yeah. So it's uh, great times, huh? Great oh. times that you'll never remember. Yeah, it's awesome. It's so much fun. <laughs> so we were uh, talking a little bit about some of the stuff that you guys have coming on. You guys have a, a program coming up. It's next week. It's Wednesday and Thursday. It's the 3rd and the 4th. Um, where's that going to be? Is that out front of Hendricks Hall you guys are going to do that? or? Nope. So that's going to be over between the Student Center and Van Houten Dining Hall. So it'll be in that parking lot back there between the two spots. Okay. So you got you got the library on the top of the hill. You got Van Houten down to the right. And you got the Pogue over here on the left. Right in the center is, is the parking lot. There's that student that secret student parking lot there in between... Uh, Pogue and the library and the employee parking lot. So you guys are setting up. You're going to have all kinds of activity. Yep. Uh, free swag giveaway like t-shirts, mugs, koozies. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's going to be a giant tractor trailer. So even if you don't describe it very well, they can't miss it if they walk over there. Yeah. And plus, I mean, it, it might give it away all the guys walking around in camouflage. Yeah. Uh, that might be a secret. Yeah. You can't <laughs> well, at least it's not as, I mean, Cause you guys went through. Do you guys? Do you guys wear the digi camis, the gray ones? Yes. <sighs> okay, I didn't believe in I, them. I didn't want to say anything. Else I, I did not believe in them until because, like, we got them issued right before we deployed in 05. Yep, that's and, about uh, when they came out. And I was like, "What? How is this going to work?" Like, I, I didn't, I didn't see it. I didn't see it until. Okay, so my job when I was uh, deployed, I was a computer nerd, and we were uh, in charge of the supply computers. I was mm -hmm. CSSAMO, okay? And part of that, we had the new KC and VSAT system. They just fielded it, right? Basically, the KC is kind of like your home wireless router on steroids with an encryption key, okay? That's essentially what it is. I can broadcast the signal up to 35 miles away. Yeah, so we can hook up some Xboxes, get on Call of Duty, and, oh, I can, yeah. and I can waste everybody and do not blame it on lag. I'm just that skilled. But no, um, so we were setting up this antenna, and we were going from my office over to First Sergeant's office. Okay, his barracks room. But yeah, we office were, barracks. Yeah, so we were setting it up, and I literally could not see my partner, other tubby, because of the digital kit, like the way it broke up the iPad, like my eye didn't see it. Like, it broke it up, and I was like, oh, wow, maybe these things actually do work. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think it would either because, I mean, you're in a desert. It's tan, everything's tan. Gray sticks out. I'm sorry. It does. But at a distance, you know, a good, I want to say probably three football fields, like at a good 300 yards, mm -hmm. it does break it up. Yeah, good. It breaks up that silhouette. 
Yeah. So like I had to have them get like orange gloves on and, and wave to me to to point it because what happens is uh when the sand gets going over there and gets blowing it interrupts the single field much like um you have a direct tv or dish at home you know around here and these parts in the borough because of the weather if it snows or it rains your signal's going to go out so much like that when the wind starts blowing in the sand it'll disrupt the signal so the only way to do that is to pinpoint the signal by putting on directional panels instead of like the omni wand which will go 360 so that's that's what i did you just spoke completely above my head right there Okay. Well, that's that's why they employ specialists like me, sir. So <laughs> exactly. That and the, the, us as officers, like, hey, just get it done and uh, let me know this. when it's done. <laughs> we were had. Uh, <laughs> have you guys have you guys ever done a, a a tour at Fort Irwin for NTC? No. No, I've not. I've I've had a lovely time at Fort Polk though. Okay. Well, Fort Polk. Yeah, Fort, Fort Polk. Polk. Oh God, All right. So, uh, so Fort Irwin, God bless it, is another armpit, right? It's right. It's right on the side of the desert, and it stinks. And I had a captain who was, who was brought back because he didn't resign his commission when he was done serving. So his commission was still active. So they went into civilian life, pulled this guy out, right? <laughs> the last time they had, he was in the Army, they didn't have Syngar's radios. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. So he was, now my ex, he was now my S6. For those civilians at home, the S6 is the, is the people that are in charge of your communications. They run your radios, your phone lines, your computer lines, all that stuff. They make sure that you can communicate. So he had no clue what he was doing. So he gets put in charge of us nerds that looked like an offensive line. Okay. <laughs> and I was probably like one of the smaller guys at six foot 260. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it was funny because we did this NTC rotation. And where I'm going with this is uh, we, what we did is we had two five ton expander vans, and they're kind of like, uh, a tractor trailer where they pull out the sides and it doubles in width so that you can have like an office and stuff. We put two of those side by side. One was our office and one was our barracks. And that's where we slept right there next to the motor pool because we had to fix their computers. Our captain, however, stayed up in the head shed by the command tent and in the barracks tent next to the command tent. Our battalion commander comes over to him and says, hey, Captain Dupler. Have you seen your boys? Have you checked in? And he goes, why, sir? Is something broke? They do something wrong? No, I just wonder if you checked on them. No. If there's nothing wrong and everything's running, why do I need to go down there and mess it up? All right. <laughs> so he left us alone for a whole week. It was awesome. <laughs> so it sounded like he was a smart captain and knew what he was doing. Yeah, he had, he had he enough. He let you do what you needed to do. Yeah, he had enough, <laughs> he had enough faith in, in us enlisted. He, in fact, when he first walked on deck, he, he kind of looked at us and said, okay, look, two rules. Number one, make me look good. Number two, don't get me arrested. And I'll sign anything you put in front of me. So that's Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good rules. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, not, all, not all officer enlisted relationships are like that. There's some that are, you know, you need a little bit of leading. You have to interact. Um, talk a little bit about from the ROTC perspective, uh, Captain Voorhees, like what ROTC teaches young leaders as they mold them forward. Yeah, absolutely. So as you progress through the stages of ROTC, you'll just learn more and more about leadership and how to develop your, your personal leadership skills and, and identify yourself, what your leadership traits are, and then you really learn how to, how to use those and utilize them to, to really shape the people around you and to motivate them to, to get what needs to be done done in the most positive way and just help the team as a whole in general while you do all that. So just 
learning your leadership skills and learning how to use those to, to influence others, to get the mission done, and to help everybody out. Okay, and then uh, Captain Williams, we talked a little bit in the break uh, about like some of the programs that the Army Reserve has. Army Reserve, for those of you who don't know at home, you're serving one weekend a month, two weeks out of the year. So it, it's kind of like part-time, but you get full-time benefits out of it. Exactly. So you guys have uh, the student loan repayment program. Yep. Um, talk about some of the other stuff you guys got going on. Oh, so the Army Reserves offers uh, great opportunities for a lot of individuals uh, who are looking to try to get school paid for. So you already hit on the loan uh, repayment program. We also have tuition assistance, uh, which obviously what most people are probably listening to us uh, may want an extra couple of dollars to help pay uh, that college tuition. Uh, but on top of that, you get those opportunities to go travel abroad, uh, see new and different things, meet some interesting people. And on top of all of that, you're serving your country and kind of doing something positive for the country. Uh, so great opportunities in the Army Reserves. And like you said already, uh, it's one weekend a month, two weeks in the year. Uh, you still get to come back home, either work at a job or finish your school, uh, complete your degree, and then uh, still be a soldier. Right. So the Army Reserve, um, it, it's set up a little bit different. You guys are more, the Army Reserve is more geared towards the like logistic end you don't have many combat arms units that are that are reserve units. You guys are more um, reserve on the on the logistics side of it. So you're looking at supply management. Um, I think you guys have like a couple of MP units. Yep. Yep. Um, communications wise, you guys got a couple signal core units. Yep. Um, stuff like that. So you're not looking at your direct line infantry mechanized hopping at a tank blowing crap exactly up. yeah you hit it right there uh, just in this area alone we have engineer units so people who are majoring in engineering technical engineering um, obviously we have uh, those jobs that are also logistics based so where you're working with vehicles you're working with uh different types of military platforms things of that nature and you're also working with petroleum base as well uh, so we have fuelers, things of that nature. So it's over 120 uh, specialties in, in its entirety that we have in the Army Reserve programs. Um, and many of them are within this local area that people can serve in. Right. And I, I'm telling you this right now, folks, okay? If logistics were easy, they'd call it tactics. <laughs> so for enable, I mean, for as much as, you know, John Q. Entry guy likes to yell about us pogues, or fobbits, as I was so passionately called. <laughs> um, it, it doesn't. It, it all plays a part. Like everything is is a cog in the machine that moves the army forward. So you have to have these. You have to have these positions. You have to have um, these different skill sets in order to achieve the overall goal, whatever it is that's set forth yep. by our leadership. Um, so pretty much any job that you can find on the civilian side, the army also has available to you. Um, you, you're talking nursing careers. You're talking doctors, PAs. As yep, a matter of fact, exactly. the, Army, the Army's hurting for PAs right now. Oh, yeah, um, almost all the medical specialties uh, we're looking into, trying to fill those ranks heavily. So anybody looking into a medical degree uh, definitely would uh, probably serve to think about joining the Army Reserve as well. And uh, on the communication side, um, for all of my fellow nerds out there on the network side, okay, believe me this, you can go through the training or it, and it's not subpar. These guys are, are giving you up to date. You can get your A plus, your C plus plus, oh, yeah. your net plus. Oh yeah. All of your network certs paid for by the army to go forth. Why does that matter to you? 
because it's about 100 to 200 bucks just to sit down and take the test. Not if you pass it, not the training for it, mm -hmm. just to sit down and take the test. So here's a little bit of advice for you, and this is my recruiting pitch. You may want to steal this from me. Recruit. All right. I need to write this down. You may need to write All this. Right. Take some notes. Yeah. All right. So if you're in the technical side, you want to become Joe Schmo, the computer pro, right? You join the Army Reserve. You get the training through the Army Reserve. Let the Army use their dime to get your C-plus, your net-plus, your security-plus, all of your training and your certs. Then what you do is you roll right around and you go out in the civilian world and make six figures because you already have the training. Not only do you have the training, but now you have the experience in high-stress situations. Because I tell you what, nothing is more high stress than trying to fix servers, laptops, and desktops in the middle of 115-degree heat yeah. in the middle of a sandstorm. I'm telling you this right now. That type of experience is invaluable, and that's the type of experience that companies want. They want a military guy because they're on time, they're concise, they know how to communicate, and they know how to get the job done. Do you need a job after this? Because uh, you can be one of the recruiters in the area. No, I don't want the pressure to, to try to keep up my quota, sir. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> hey, no pressure on that end. It sounds like you'll do a phenomenal job anyway. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I, I, did, I did my bit for Uncle Sam. He's happy with me. All right. He's happy with me. So 919 right here on the morning after sports show. And I know we kind of went a little bit off track here because, you know, I got the, I got the Army guys with me, man. I got my peeps. Hey, if we want to talk uh, teamwork, team team sports, we can do that too. We can get right into that. You know, we talked a little bit about the NFL. Cat Williams, you're with me on the Browns. Yeah, yeah. I'm a Akron, Ohio native, uh, born and raised over in Ohio. Don't hate me, people, for those who are uh, Penn. Uh, but, yeah, I'm a Akron U, All State, and Cleveland Browns fan through and through. Awesome. Uh, Captain Voorhees, who's, who's your NFL team? Do you have one? So, born and raised in Buffalo, New York, so – Obviously, you got to go for the Bills. Bills Mafia. Yeah. There's oh, a lot Bills of that. Mafia. There's a lot of that around here. Oh, sir. yeah, yeah. Good. Being this I close, yeah. I, I, nice. well, you know what? We talked about it. Uh, I talked about it with my co-host, Maddie, that Bills win this weekend over the Vikings. Uh, they went over and just smacked them. Yeah. Beat them like a rented mule. Yeah. It was pretty awesome to watch, for sure. And uh, AFC East right now, I mean, let, let's talk. You know, you got the Dolphins. Undefeated. That, undefeated. How is and that then, happening? And the Bills and the, the Patriots are on the same level right now. I mean, we're not doing so good as the Bills, but, I mean, I can't complain about that right now. Right. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. Can we talk about the fact that the Browns have finally won a game in almost two years? <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about that. Dilly dilly. <laughs> dilly dilly to that. Yes. <laughs> That's what I got to say. <laughs> I, I'm excited, and, and, you know, I, I was talking a little bit about it. It's not hype. It's hope. Because – Baker Mayfield, at least right now, appears to be a quarterback that can win you games. Before, we've seen subpar, poor quarterback play where we just hope they, the quarterback didn't lose us the game. Yeah. But now it looks like you know Baker's a guy that can lead the offense, can spread the ball around. Finally saw Ninjoku get some targets. Mm -hmm. Finally making big – I mean, because he's a huge target. That's one of the largest human beings I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. And I've been around plenty of big boy, but he's huge. You know, and then, uh, you know, you're looking at, at Landry, Landry finally yep. getting his targets. Callaway's coming along. If we can keep him out of jail, we'll be all right. Hey, we got rid of Josh Gordon, so I, I, I don't know how I feel about that. We'll see as time goes on. You know, I, I, was, I was really rooting. I wanted to root for Josh Gordon. Yeah, definitely. I, I believe in second chances. I believe that the guy should have had a shot. 
and you know, I was proud of the Browns for sticking with him and not kind of forcing the issue mm-hmm. with him and kicking him out too early. So I. What can you do though? You know, they they stuck with him. He stuck with them. I think it was probably a, a, a split on mutual ends, mm-hmm. perhaps. Uh, I haven't seen much as far as what came out of it, other than the fact that he uh, he missed a couple. Uh, what was it? Kind of um, uh, maybe some promos, something along those lines. No, he he had a, he had a hamstring. He had tightness. He showed up to camp when he finally did show up. He had a hamstring tightness. Okay. So they were kind of bringing that along. Then the Friday before the the trip down for the game on Sunday, he goes out and does like cuts a promo, and injures it again. So he shows up injured Saturday to move with the team to go down for the game. And the team's like, nope, this was an unsanctioned team event. You hurt yourself again. That's it. We told you one issue, you're done. So they announced that they well, were going to they announced they were going to cut him on Monday, but they got a deal done with the Patriots, sent him to New England for a fifth round. Yeah. Fifth round pick uh Hopefully that pans out. But a fifth round pick, it's like okay, I might yeah. as well trade you for some Cheetos and a bag of balls. Possibly, like maybe they could flip that fifth round pick. I don't get it. I don't know. <laughs> get a kicker. Hey, Hugh Jackman know. is working some miracles right now. We got to win. <sighs> Something. I um, hopefully I don't. This will be a true test for him going down to L.A. to the or not. Yeah, I guess L.A. Mm-hmm. or Oakland uh, to the Raiders, Raiders. To, to see Chucky Gruden. Hopefully they can um, – it'll be interesting to see how he plays when a defense has an entire week to game plan for Baker Mayfield. Can he still execute? Can he still pick up the, the coverages and get the right packages in for his own protection? Can he move the ball? And then, you know, can our defense continue to do what it's been doing? Miles Garrett absolutely on oh, fire. Oh, beast. And then beast. Denzel Ward, Local guy to you because he went to Nerdonia yep. just a few 45 minutes because I made that trip. <laughs> just a few 45-minute trip there north in Summit County, yep. is, uh, grad. And he's just, just an absolute beast. I mean, that, that interception that he hit, well, not it. It was a takeaway. You can't call pull it, it yeah, pull it out. He just re- said, give me Reach that. In, pulling it. Yeah, like, that's mine. Taking it. Hey, just ugh. When you want it, you want it. You know, I, I think as far as in Baker um, – He's probably not the most athletic quarterback out there, mm-hmm. but kind of that leadership thing that we were just talking about, he's got it. Mm-hmm. He can motivate guys. He can inspire them. He can let them believe that we can win. Uh, I think that's an attribute that you can't really teach. It, you just you got it or you don't. So it, it, it's definitely going to be interesting though this week to see how they play out. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait. And it's it, it's it's funny how you can draw. There's a lot of similarities between like football and military life and it's it's been going on forever i believe it was who was it pat was it Patton or bradley that said get me get me an army football he called for like an army officer who played football oh uh, i don't know i want to say it was I bradley know. i think that was during the korean war somewhere around the korean war yeah it was like world war ii or yeah. korean war. and he was like get me somebody who played football that i can get to, to lead them in yeah because it was like a crucial attack and it kept stalling it kept stalling he said, get me a football player. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of thing. And I like, I like to try guys. I go or I like to tell people because I go in every year. I talk to the middle school down in, in Titusville where I'm from. And I talk to the eighth graders, you know. And uh, I tell them, especially the athletes, I was like, look, in military life, just like in sports life, it comes down to two things. Perfect trust 
and perfect communication. You got to understand that the person to the left and the person to the right of you, like you have to trust them completely, Absolutely. perfectly, because they're gonna, they're not gonna let anything happen to you, just like you're not gonna let anything happen to them, because it happens to both of you. And then you got to understand with perfect communication that where the communication is coming from, that it's coming from a place where every where we want everybody to be better not to just pick on you. Yep. So if it's criticism, you have to learn to take that criticism. And if it's praise, you also have to learn to take that praise. Yep. And improve on it. Yep. And it's all for the good of the team, too. There's no one individual in there. It's all about the team. I'm trying to think where else I was going to go with this today. So we covered the cannon. We have the, the larger pig, the larger cannon in the P-Sack. Just saying. Prove me wrong. <laughs> Prove me wrong. It's my radio show. Um, great tradition here. Um, homecoming week. Are you guys homecoming doing anything? Yeah. yeah. Are you guys doing anything for homecoming ROTC wise? You got guys coming back in on leave? Yeah. So we'll be we'll be marching in the parade. We'll have the colors at the beginning of the parade and everything. And then we'll also have our, our ROTC club marching in the parade in uniform and everything. We'll be throwing out candy and whatnot. So you know you can always come and grab some candy that we'll throw out. Then uh, lead him into the football field, have the color guard there, and as always, like you mentioned, the cannon crew will be there for the homecoming game. So hopefully, we get to fire that cannon off a whole lot during the game because we're gonna we're gonna smoke them. We should, our defense this year is, is really really good, and our offense isn't too bad. We have a lot of returning starters. Um, with Walter Fletcher, our running back was the number two uh, running back in all of Division Two football last oh, wow. year. Uh, so he's excellent. Uh, Kyle Gaelic is the number two running back. Who that kid is quicker than a hiccup. He runs track for us in, in the spring. Um, really good running back. Then on the outside we got Tanaz Gregory and James Clark, two excellent wide receivers. Um, and again, just speed. Speed absolutely kills. Uh, Andrew Tomko in his first year starting uh, quarterback um, has an absolute cannon for an arm, and can get some stuff done when he needs to on his feet. He's been known to escape the pocket and has some pretty good escapability. Nice. Um, our offensive line is pretty stout. Um, they pride themselves on how little they give up. Like, Tomko doesn't feel pressure that much. They don't give up many sacks at all. I think they were the stingiest offensive line last year in the P-Sack. I don't, I don't care. It's my show. Tell me I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> then on the defensive side of the ball, in the middle you got Derek Doerr. And Nick Predigrew, uh, absolute beast in the middle at defensive tackle. On the ends, you have uh, David Ballou and Ethan Upperco on the outside rushing the edge. And those two guys are just assassins if they can get around the tackles. Um, and then Trey Hall and that linebacking crew in the middle, just absolute run stoppers. Um, they also got interceptions. And then Zerl Hendrick with the no-fly zone in the secondary, just absolutely picking balls off left and right. <laughs> no-fly zone, I like that. That's what I call it. Yeah. South Harrison Stadium, the yeah, no-fly zone. Yeah, I dare zone. you to throw it this way. Yeah, I told him, I told him hey, you know what? I said, it's, it's the no-fly zone. You guys are almost as good as the air defense artillery for flies <laughs> and You know, so it's, it's exciting to watch, it, and they're the show. So, I mean, it's exciting. Plus, you know, all the alumni coming back. Um, so make sure you come on out. There's stuff going on all weekend. There's there's the bonfire and the crowning Friday night, and then kicking it off in the morning with the Kilted Mile and the parade, and uh, all the other festivities around. So man, sounds like gonna, it's going to be a good weekend. It's going to be packed, and I'm not even going to be here. That's the sad part. Yeah, I know. I had other commitments. I had I, I don't know. I 
crazily made plans like a year ago, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> like, oh, by the way, we're having oh, homecoming. Oh, here we go. Yeah, we're having homecoming. So, all right, it's 1030. Gentlemen, I thank you so much for your time for coming in studio. Thank you for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break right here on the morning after. We'll have Tom Reisenweber calling in here just after this break. Don't go anywhere on 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. And we're back right here on the morning after sports show. I am your host, Tubby. And currently, hopefully, if I did this correctly, we'll be joined by Tom Reisenweber of Erie Sports News. Tom, are you there? Yep. How you doing? Oh, awesome. Good. Because I, I didn't think I had the board set up correctly to, to make you, uh, to bring the call on in. I was I was ushering our guests that I had on previous here out of the studio. And I was like, oh, goodness. So, all right. Anyway, it all worked out. So we're good to go. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So last week, uh, high school football action. Um, you know, that storm really kind of messed everything up for you, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I thought uh, in Erie it was an overreaction. Um, yeah, I know lightning hit pretty good in Mercer County. And is that kind of ironic that the teams that moved up their game times to 530 or 6 still had a delay? So it was almost better if they had moved back, uh, like Fort LaBeouf did. They moved back to 8 o'clock, and they were fine. Uh, County, Ohio, Wilmington moved back to 8 o'clock, and they were fine. Um, I don't really know if Crawford County got much, because for the first time maybe ever, there were no games in Crawford County Friday, uh, with a couple games being moved to Saturday and everyone else being on the road. It was kind of odd to me. So uh, it was uh, in Erie, you know, I was downtown, we got a downpour at 5.15 for maybe two minutes, and then another five minutes of light rain, and then we were fine. So the Erie McDowell game should have definitely been played. Um, I'm not sure about Tyson with Corey. I'm not sure Corey got out there. So it was a little bit of an overreaction up here, but there were uh, some storms down south. So it was just kind of an odd week all around. So then a lot of the games got pushed to Saturday. So then now they're chopping into your Saturday college time. Yeah, it was uh, kind of a lucky thing, I guess, that all three college teams were on the road. So I was able to go to the Erie McDowell game and uh, follow what happened with Edinburgh again in Mercier. So uh, let's let's not do that again. <laughs> right? I, I, I was... I was kind of trying to. I was back here running the board for the Edinburgh Cal game, and then I was trying to keep tabs on the Titusville Corey game, which apparently turned into a defensive slugfest as Corey pulled that one out eight to six. Yeah, it's kind of uh, interesting that the four games that were moved to Saturday were decided by a combined six points. With uh, you know that was the biggest margin of victory, uh, eight to six win. Uh, or, uh, you see, it looked like it was going to be a decent game early on. Tyson scored right away. Corey scored right for the half. Then neither team could score. So it was kind of a interesting defensive battle. Um, at the same time, um, McLean lost to Conneaut in double overtime when Conneaut went for two after they blocked McLean field goal that would have won the game in first overtime. Then uh, Warren pulled off a miraculous uh, win in Meadville. As Mevo was up a touchdown going into to secure the game uh, at, at the one, and uh, Aiden Morris popped up a fumble and uh, recovered it. Then Warren scored a touchdown to go ahead. And uh, then all of a sudden, the Erie McDowell game was decided on a last second field goal, basically. So it was uh, a pretty interesting day of uh, football. 
But I'm trying to look over uh, some of the scores here. Yeah, I, d- I mean, other than that, not really a whole lot of not a lot a whole lot of shocking going on for me. I mean, I, um, I think everybody pretty much played like where, you know, we kind of know who to haves and who to have nots are at this point, going forward. Yeah, I, I think so. And um, the the one interesting team is uh, Northwestern, as they're now four and one which I didn't really think they'd be 4-1 at this point just because they lost so much to graduation. They lost, like, 13 seniors, uh, and most of those guys started. So that's a nice start for Northwestern. They're the only 4-0 team at home. Um, I believe they're the only team that's played four home games, but that's still pretty impressive to uh, defend the den, as they call it. Right. So good job out of them. Uh, Looking ahead here to uh, this week, Tom, I – I'm trying to look over the matchups here, and I th- like picking out some games that might be good. Uh, Maplewood Union City might be a good one. Uh, yeah, you know Maplewood had a nice, uh, nice road win at Reynolds, um, despite some delays. That, but that's a really nice win for them last week. And Union went down to beat Mercer, which is also a tough win. Uh, Gavin Henry became the all-time rusher in Union City history, so that's going to be one of, the, one of the premier games this week, I think, uh, because those two teams are almost the same team. That you're grinded out, gritty uh, program. Uh, you know, obviously, Maplewood throws it more this year with uh, JD McFadden, but uh, basically the same kind of mentality with those two teams. And uh, I think the other game that really sticks out to me is Jeremy McLean, Fort LaBeouf. Uh, that's a natural rivalry game. Both are coming off. Exciting games. Uh, LaBeouf took care of Franklin. Uh, McClain lost to Conneaut. And uh, it's going to be a pretty exciting game with those two. Obviously, uh, McClain loves playing on his home turf, uh, and, and they're used to kind of a, a faster game, whereas uh, LaBeouf prefers being at home as well on their grass and slowing things down. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens uh, this coming week. Right. Tysel has their home. I think there's a lot of homecomings going on this weekend. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I know Titusville's homecoming is uh, this weekend. I think it's McLean's homecoming as well um, on Friday night. Um, Oil City Warren looks like it's going to be a good game um, for that one. I'm trying to see anything else that I like here on the... Uh, Meadville Franklin might turn out to be pretty good. Uh, that'll be at Franklin. Yeah, you know, those are two teams that really need to win right now. Um Meadville's been struggling with injuries and inexperience. And Franklin, you know, Franklin's got a quarterback in Ian Haynes that could end up being the all-time passer in D10 history. But this year his numbers aren't as staggering because he's missing Brandon Johnson, who was one of the best receivers in D10 maybe history uh, last year with 1,500 yards receiving. So, you know, last year he could go up and just throw anything he wanted to Brandon Johnson, who would turn into something. Uh, this year they don't have that receiver that's doing that for them. So it's going to be interesting to see where they go, what direction they go with uh, uh, on their offense this year. Okay, Tom. So let's switch gears now. Let's look at Division Two football, Edinburgh, Gannon, Mercyhurst. What shocked you this weekend, if if anything? Uh, I'll be honest with you. The shocking thing to me was uh, Gannon losing to Clarion. Um, you know, Clarion is one of those teams that is struggling as a program. I know they had a, a good record coming in, but I think that was an easy schedule and it was all of that. Um, they're one of those teams that I think the three local teams probably checked the boxes before the season saying it's got to be a win, uh, especially in PSAC West play. So 
you know, and, uh, you know, Gannon lost Jimmy Keith, quarterback, uh, to injury, but the backup wasn't bad. That Dombach, he did a pretty good job. The uh, thing that's really confusing me right now is their offensive scheme with Marcus Jones. And I just don't see them getting the ball in his hands enough or in good situations. Um, for example, I was able to watch the last drive of that game when Gannon was trying to go down for the go-ahead score. And on first and 10 on the Clarion 30, they went deep twice. Even though they had uh, two timeouts and plenty of time, um, they went into the end zone twice. On third down, they threw a check down pass to Marcus Jones, who gained uh, eight, nine yards and put him into a fourth down situation. But if that's your first down play, you're really cooking there. So I don't know if they need to figure out better ways to get the ball in his hands, but uh, he's obviously not having the season he's ha- he had last year, and uh, it's really affecting their play. But uh, other than that, uh, I was I was really uh, uh, happy with Edinburgh's effort. You know, you know, Cal is a pretty good team. They were picked to finish second in the PSAC West. For Edinburgh to go down there and to almost pull off the upset was pretty impressive. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. I mean, I don't... I don't believe in moral victories, but this one kind of feels like a moral victory. Like, because I was explaining earlier in the show, Tom, I didn't know if you had a chance to listen in or not, but I was explaining since I've been here in 2014, it's always been IUP and Cal at the top of the PSAC West. And then there's this gap, and it's, it's like Edinburgh, Slippery Rock, Clarion at times, because they had that good run in maybe 2015 where the team was really good and they shocked a lot of people. But. You know, there, there seems to be like this this chasm, if you will, between IUP and Cal and the rest of the field in the PSAC. And what that game showed me is that Edinburgh, talent-wise, is right there with Cal and they can play with Cal because normally it's been a blowout when they face one of those two teams. Yeah, and uh, that's a, a big thing for Edinburgh to close that gap. Um, at some point, uh, maybe next year, uh, they got to they got to end that streak. I think it's just 14 straight losses now to Cal. So uh, when they come to Edinburgh next year, maybe that's the way to end that streak. So it's going to be interesting to see going forward uh, in the PSAC West uh, where teams end up. Um, obviously, it's a big game this week for Edinburgh taking on Gannon. Uh, you, you know, it's it's funny. Uh, you know, Edinburgh I think is the obvious favorite in this game, but you're you're facing a Gannon team that's just desperate for a win. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really struggling this, this uh, year so far. So. You never want a, uh, a wounded animal coming at you. So we'll see what happens with uh, the game this week. It should be a great atmosphere out at Sox Harrison. Right. I mean, it's it's going to be a fun, especially with, with it being homecoming. You know, again, like you mentioned, uh, Gannon coming in here like a wounded animal. That's a trap game for me, especially surrounded by all the pomp and circumstance that is homecoming. And it's very easy to get lost in it. Um, if the guys can, you know, if – Coach Bradford, and I'm sure he's probably preaching this right now, um, can kind of focus up here and, you know, get targeted on what they need to get done. Um, two years ago when we had Gannon come in for, for homecoming, uh, it, it got pretty heated, and it got heated quick. I mean, tempers flared. So it, it'll be interesting with, with Gannon coming in, desperate for a win, uh, Edinburgh wanting to put on a show, uh, for the alumni, they're they're three and one right now coming in. So uh, I mean, you know, Edinburgh's trying to prove that they're not all talk, that they're more go than show, and you know, and Gannon's trying to desperately get some get right. So this is this is going to be a really good game here at two o'clock. 
Yeah, and you know, not only is it you know sort of a rivalry game with these team only team only being like twenty minutes away from each other, it's one of those things where a lot of these kids are from the same areas. You know, Edinburgh, Gannon, Mercer, they all kind of recruit the same areas at times. Um, you know, perfect example is uh, Marcus Jones. Or, I'm sorry, uh, Walter Fletcher and the uh, one defensive back from Gannon being from the same area in Maryland. Um, so you have a lot of recruiting battles among these three local schools, and obviously uh, some are going to win them, some are going to lose them. So, you know, these kids know each other uh, just from being near each other uh, now and from home. So there's a lot on the line, a lot of bragging rights, a lot of emotion, um, almost throw out the records when you come to these uh, two teams playing each other. And I think that kind of goes for all three locals. So, you know, when Edinburgh plays Mercer's in a couple of weeks, it's going to be a good one, and Mercer's in a few weeks, it's going to be a good one. So um, it should be a lot of fun on Saturday. Right. And how about how about your Bills, Tom, getting that win over there in, in Minnesota? How shocked were you? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's the beginning of a new era. You know, finally, Josh Allen um, getting able some freedom to do what he wants, had a great hurdle in that game. Uh, really a, a nice effort for him all around. And, you know, people, they talked a lot about the Bills here, saying 0-16, oh, they're going to get the first-round pick or first pick overall, go ahead and start planning for it. And, you know, honestly, if they play like they did against Minnesota, they're going to win a couple games. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think they're anywhere near the worst team in the league. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I thought, you know, it's, it's funny. I've always considered the Bills and the Browns kind of the same team, um, same suffering by the fans, same fans basically. Uh, you know, Buffalo and Cleveland are almost kind of the same city. So uh, it was kind of it was fun to watch both teams see their rookie quarterback come in and get a win this week and really kind of uh, rejuvenate uh, the cities and the fan bases. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, the only difference between us Browns fans and the Bills fans is that at least the Bills have made it to the Super Bowl. We don't even know what it smells like. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I. But- is that worse than losing four in a row? <laughs> I, you know what? I honestly think at this point, I think it is. Just simply because, you know, like they they can't get over the hump. They can't get past that AFC championship game. And, you know, I would have rather had gone and lost than to have never have gone at all, I think. Yeah, I, I, totally, I totally believe in that, what you're saying. But four in a row, it just kills me. <laughs> yeah, 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 I guess. I mean, we're, I got, you know. Old enough to live through it, so I, I I remember the pain on people's faces back then, but uh, yeah, I I get it, I I understand. I guess it's different. I mean, if it was my team, perhaps I'd have a different view on it. I don't know, but uh, yeah. So we're looking forward to to next week. Um, I, I really want to see how these rookies get challenged, both Allen and Mayfield. Um, you know, when a defense has an entire week to plan for them. I think Minnesota got caught with their pants down because they were looking past Buffalo because they thought, oh, well, I mean, because to be quite honest, Buffalo looked like absolute garbage the weeks prior. So I wouldn't have really game planned for them, too. I probably would have got caught looking past them as well. So now, you know, teams are going to have to take pause and, like, actually game plan for the Bills coming forward. And it'll be interesting to see how Baker Mayfield reacts when there's a defense that has a whole week to plan for him. Well, it's funny, last year um, I was so frustrated and hated the two Bills quarterbacks so much, and they happened to be Terod Taylor and Nathan Peterman. And it just so happens that those two are the two that are now on the bench for Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen, and all of a sudden the Bills and Browns 
got their first win. So last year was just torture. Even though the Bills made the playoffs, I just I'm so glad those two are gone now. <laughs> Definitely makes your day, Tom. So are you making a um, are you making a short trip down here then for homecoming on Saturday? Yep, I'll be there on Saturday. Uh, should be a lot of fun. Um, hopefully, I, I'll uh, cover all three of the local teams playing each other when they do. So it's uh, it should be a lot of fun Saturday. Um, it'll be interesting because you know I think everyone's gonna be able to get home in time to follow or watch the Mercer's and Slippery Rock game. I don't think Mercer's can go down there and win, but it'll be interesting to follow along and see what happens in that game as well because that starts at six, I believe. Oh wow, that's a late start. That'll be fun yeah. under under the lights playing for that one. Yeah, I will be I will be otherwise entertained. Go ahead. I'll say the Rock's been pretty good too. With uh, um, you know, Cam Patterson Grove City threw his first touchdown pass last week. Their leading receiver is uh, Henry Litwin from Conneaut. So uh, it's uh, it's interesting to watch Slippery Rock. I can't wait for them to play uh, Edinburgh. It's a nice little budding rivalry. Uh, the only downside is Slippery Rock hosts all three teams around here. They never come to area this whole year, despite playing three local teams. So maybe next year we'll see them a lot. Yeah, I I uh, I also look forward to that game. I mean, for me, growing up in the ni- in the '90s, it was always a, a big rivalry between Burrow and that school down south. And uh, you know, <laughs> we we had a we had a saying that friends don't let friends go to Slippery Rock. So. Um, I, I'm definitely focused in on that. Like that's the game that I circle on the calendar every year, um, all week long. I carry a green little rock in my pocket. Um, so not to say that they don't that they live rent free in Tubby's head. I'm just saying that like above all else, I'm focused. Like what was it? Two years ago, we went down there, and that was the stretch where Edinburgh played in like maybe three or four homecomings right in a row. They played Clarion's homecoming, and they beat them there. Um, then we come home, and we played in our homecoming, and we beat Gannon. And then we went to Slippery Rock and played in their homecoming, and we won in the last second uh, mm-hmm. untimed down uh, pass from, I believe it was uh, Sisson to, to Clark, I think, in the end zone. Um, unbelievable game, but we left that game, and we went directly to Penn State versus Ohio State, and that's the one on the on the blocked field goal, and Penn State ended up winning it. I was so right. happy that Edinburgh beat Slippery Rock. I didn't even care that I just watched the Buckeyes lose. I mean, like that's how it, how excited I was over that Slippery Rock win. Well, I remember being down at that game at Slippery Rock, and that was uh, the last time I really thought an official was going to die in the field because I thought Slippery Rock coaching staff was going to kill someone. Um, you know, I was down in the end zone getting ready to do post game. And I will say that on that pass interference call, maybe the Edinburgh receiver has no chance of getting that inbounds, but they called it, so that's all it counts. And, uh, you know, Edinburgh took advantage of that to uh, win the game. So that was really, you know, those two have always been pretty good rivals. I think that game and how it ended took it to a fever pitch. Um, even the, uh, the release on the game from the school was riddled with uh, blame for the officials, so it was kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, I really like Coach Lutz. Um, his son plays for Grove City. He's a really good uh, athlete. Um, but you know that Slippery Rock rivalry has really started to bloom up here. Um, I don't know if it's because they have to come to Erie um, all the time for different sports, football and basketball, that they're constantly coming up seventy nine at 
it kind of gets them animus there, or that the fact they're only an hour away. Um, but it really uh, it's getting interesting between the two schools. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot of fun because they're they're both between Edinburgh and Slippery Rock. They're two very similar schools. They're both state funded schools. They're part of the they're part of the Pashi system. Um, Gannon and Mercyhurst, um, although gifted athletically, it's not really the same because they're they're kind of like private institutions, but they're a part of the the PSAC, but they're not state-funded schools. So it's kind of it's kind of a difference there where um, where the similarities are more between Edinburgh and, and Slipper Rock, and they're 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 both fine. I mean, I'm I'm going to kill myself for saying this, but you know, they're both fine schools academically. <laughs> uh, their programs are really good. Um, Slippery Rock has a really good uh, music program um, and music therapy program for uh, helping handicapped individuals, so that's really good. Edinburgh has a really good art program um, and art therapy program. So, I mean, there's just a a lot of similarities that draw the teams closer. I mean, not really brother and sister, more like cousins maybe, but still, it's, it's always... It, it always puts a little extra pep in my step when, when Burrow can, can beat down Slippery Rock. Yeah, I think you should take uh, that green uh, rock you carry around. Yeah, I think when Edinburgh wins, you should write the score on it and chuck it in Edinburgh Lake just to celebrate the win. <laughs> yeah, I would. I don't know. I'll have to see. I'll have to get with, uh, I'll have to get with our, our EPA folks and make sure that that's <laughs> environmentally sound. Either that or maybe we'll just start a rock pile right there yeah, on the – uh, on on the edge of the lake, and we'll have a, we'll just start a rock pile. So every win that we get over Slippery Rock, we'll write the score on the rock and pile it. Perfect. All right, Tom. Thank you so much, uh, Tom Risenweber from Erie Times News. His website, HighSchoolSports.GoErie.com, for all of um, your varsity sports uh, around. We were talking. Uh, we talked a little bit on Twitter, Tom, about about soccer and and some of these the the regions. I believe the quote I, I gave to you was, welcome to the PIAA, where the regions are made up and the wins don't matter. Yeah, you know, it's just, it's crazy. You know, I, I understand every two years the PIAA comes up with new classes, but these regions sometimes are crazy to me. Um, football, there's eight. There's no reason for that. Um, they're too small. And, you know, you think about it, eight regions, 40, or, yeah, 40 teams, um, 20% of the teams will win a region title. And that's assuming nobody ties, because ties aren't broken. So let's just say two teams tie. Uh, so you get 10 teams out of 40 uh, getting a, a region title. It's just it's nuts. And you're looking at girls' basketball, there's a two-team region coming in. Uh, that's just ridiculous. You're telling two schools, go find 20 games. Um, there was no reason they couldn't put those two with the northern 5A teams. Um, there's, there's regions coming up in basketball that are like nine teams big. So I don't understand why you can't just add them to a region. So it's just, it's nuts. I, it's not an easy thing for district 10 to figure out what regions should do. I mean, the easy solution I think is go back to the ECL, the FCBC, the Metro league, uh, Mercer County athletic conference, and just have teams play their rivals, their local teams and get ready for the playoffs. Cause everyone makes playoffs now anyway. So there's no reason to have these these regions anymore. Right. I, I completely agree. I think it makes sense both financially and uh, support-wise because then you're, you're looking at you're not spending that much gas and traveling, busting these kids all over the place. I mean, they're still student-athletes. they got studies and all kinds of stuff they got to worry about as well. Plus, the fans want to come out and support the team. Uh, some teams travel better than others. 
but it would help a lot for the traveling teams if they only had to drive, say, 30 minutes as opposed to an hour, you know, to, to get to these games. And then the more people that you have to come out, that helps the, the, uh, the schools as well with concession stands or concession sales and the like. So I think I, I completely agree with you. I wish they would go back to the old way. I wish they could um, rebirth the TCAC conference, the Tri-County Athletic Conference, and, you know, and the MAC and all that stuff. It, it just it makes more sense to me. Exactly. But what do we know? We just talk sports, right, Tom? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> All right. So, Tom, I really appreciate you. Uh, look forward to talking to you on next Tuesday. Hopefully we'll be talking about an Edinburgh homecoming win, and uh, we'll get you updated. Tom will help you get you updated on all the local football action right here on the morning after. Thanks again, Tom. I appreciate your time. All right. Sounds good, man. Thanks. Tom Weisenweber from Erie Sports News right here on or Erie Times News, rather, sorry, uh, right here on the morning after. It's now 10.59, which means it's time for me to get on up out of here and get on with the workday. So we'll be back right here next Thursday. More special guests in studio as we'll be talking with um, alumni uh, Mr. McElwain. Uh, We'll talk about what he uh, has been doing and what, Uh, his experience here at Edinburgh as we get ready for homecoming here at Edinburgh. So until Thursday, Burrow, have yourselves a great day.